Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good evening. It is such a great joy for me to be here. Uh, a great privilege, and I am so grateful for the wonderful partnership we have with Breadline since 2002. Uh, Dice here and Carol, we've been traveling uh, more than one week together. Really enjoyed seeing different uh, brothers and sisters, and just every day giving thanks and glory to the name of Jesus. If there was no Jesus in my life, I wouldn't be here tonight. But one day he found me when I was broken. I didn't have any hope. I lost all my hope. I had my heart full of pain, sufferings, lots of problems, questions with no answer. But since I met Jesus, my heart is full with hope. Not just little hope, and not just hope for today, but eternal hope. Those who know me, they are calling me a joyful man because I'm always smiling. <laughs> they think I have no problems. <laughs> they just don't realize how many problems I have. <laughs> but the thing I have in my life is Jesus. Many times we have lots of problems, small and big problems, and we may find a solution and then you have another problem. And this is how you realize how weak we are, the human being. We are very weak. We don't have solutions for all our problems, but the one who is in us, he has solutions to all our problems. And you know, tonight, my heart was so overwhelmed when I heard again the scripture, those three parables, which reminds me, I'm not going to preach, you know, the, uh, Again, in Moldova, I do lots of preaching. Sometimes I can go for so long until people falling to sleep. <laughs> but don't worry, I, I am aware I am not in Moldova now. <laughs> My first experience here, I went to speak to a church and uh, the pastor said, Slavik, you have 20 minutes. And then after that he came, he said, you have, Slavik, 25 minutes. And then he came third time and he said, Slavic, between 25 and 40 minutes. I said, that's okay. <laughs> well, <clears throat> tonight, when I heard the three parables, it reminded me of one very important thing that I've been thinking so much, specifically since the pandemic and this horrible war in Ukraine. God has a great compassion for the lost. And I've been asking all the time, God, do I have a heart like you? Because we say Jesus lives in us. If Jesus lives in us, well, the biblical compassion, you know what this means? When Jesus was here on the earth, he saw the needs of people. He could go just not paying attention, like we do many times. I'm talking not about you, but it's so easy to see the needs and just go around not paying any attention. But the biblical 
compassion means to look and see in the same way as Jesus saw people. And then the second thing is not just seeing. What's the point seeing and, you know, talking about this? But you feel it. You feel it. And I, I, I've said this many times that I've never thought that all the great troubles I had in my life, that God will use this so that now when I see people suffering, I feel, I feel their pain. I know exactly what it means to be, to live with no hope, to feel the sufferings. Instead of receiving help and support to be rejected, I know what this means. That's why when I see, I just feel. I believe that all Christians around the world, we are following Jesus, the one who has changed our lives. And the Holy Spirit, he lives in us. These things cannot be explained, but they can be easily seen in us because the same Holy Spirit who lives in my heart, he lives in your heart, and praise God for that. And then the third thing, the biblical compassion means you don't just see in the same way as Jesus saw. You don't just feel in your heart, but you go and do it. You go and do it. You know, and I, I have been greatly encouraged and, and uplifted during these times of crisis since the pandemic started. You know that Moldova is the poorest country in the world, in, in, in Eastern Europe. And we had lots of sufferings and pain and challenges and difficulties before the pandemic. Now you can imagine when the pandemic started, how much more, how, how much more these poor people was suffering. And then this war when started, and we are living very close with Ukraine. But I was deeply encouraged and moved to see the church, the church of God, full in action. And I'm not talking about people in Moldova. I'm including yourself here. I just, my words are too poor to express my thanks for you. I have received many messages from Brother Lucas encouraging me. Normally, in, in the village where I live, lots of people, maybe most people, just expecting me, encouraging them all the time. And of course, knowing their problems, I don't have the courage to go and say, today I have a problem, I need your encouragement. You just leave your problems and you go and you want to, you pray and you want Jesus to use you. And I say this in, in humility, you know, I want to uplift the name of Jesus because he's doing great things through our weaknesses. And it's okay sometimes to feel down because there you learn how to uplift your eyes and always depend on him, focus on him. Jesus is the person that I love most and I believe you are here and you can say the same things but we are reminded tonight that Jesus has a great compassion for the lost 
Now, I don't know how many people in this town, I have seen, it's quite a big town, Warrington. I don't know how many people are lost, how many people have never heard the gospel, or maybe they have heard it once or twice. But since this war in Ukraine, I have been thinking a lot about this. And I've never thought that today, in the 21st century, there are still lots of, lots of people. I think around the world, millions of people who have never heard the gospel. Yes, we are a small church, but in Jesus we have the great authority. And no matter what is happening in the world, Jesus is giving us all the opportunities to proclaim the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be passionate, passionate about the gospel. Too many times we are passionate about other things, but you know, the world have changed so much in the last, in the last years. So many changes, but our mission remains the same. Today, tomorrow, and our lives here on the earth must be always the same, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Uh, allow me, please, in a few minutes, just to show you a couple of slides. And uh, again, I, what I'm going to show you, uh, it's nothing about, you know, uh, praising people or just showing you something that you have maybe never seen. What I'm going to show you is the church in action. And when I say this, please don't just think about the church in Danku. We are a very small church, uh, just a, a small numbers of people. But as again, I want to repeat and say again, never experienced, never felt how big, how great is the body of Christ. How God brings us all together despite our uh, differences, the language barriers, and all the things that, you know, denominations and so many. Jesus brings his church together to work for the same purpose. Lots of Ukrainians, they know not just about Moldova, but they know about UK. Because when they arrived in our village, when I told them that our brothers and sisters are helping us so that we can help you. They are praying for you. You know what they have asked me? Who are these brothers and sisters? How many brothers and sisters do you have? And I intentionally did in such a way that I wanted to have more questions so that I can present, proclaim, and bring up the name of Jesus Christ. I, we had great opportunities to do this. Um, this is a, just a, a photo with uh, uh, our team who has been doing this for, for years, you know, cooking food for 60 plus elderly people. These people are living so lonely in their homes, you know, they don't have any support, they don't have any help, and they don't have anyone there to, to help. Uh, it's like this, uh, this lady here, when we first met her, she had a son, 40 years old, and uh, he died. So. When we went there, she said, I lost all my hope because my son was the only one who could come and help me. But now, what shall I do? And one day we visited her and she said, I went to the other room 
the other day, and I wanted to drink poison and die because I, I said, there's no sense to, to, to leave. But then I remembered about your team bringing me food, coming here, giving me some encouragements, and I said, I'm not going to do this. And praise God, she's alive. You know, it's saving people, seeing them with Jesus' eyes, feeling for their needs, for their pain, and just going. You know, sometimes we don't have much to give, but any little thing brings a big difference. Just going there and spend a few minutes with these people, you know how much means for them? It's just amazing. I want to tell you, sometimes when I feel quite down, actually, the one thing I do, I just go and spend time with one or two of them. And then I come back, forget about my problems. It's, it's just amazing to, to go and meet these people and to simply share the love of God with them. You know, so that they feel that they are not lonely, they are not forgotten. Someone cares for them. Uh, this is uh, how much food we have uh, bought during the pandemic time to, do, to care for, for the people in, in Danku. And of course, I'm not going to, to tell you a lot about during this time uh, of pandemic, but I just want to say that there has been new challenges for us, you know, big challenges, lots of difficulties. But one thing I can say, again, I want to give glory to God for how he provided so often we, forget, we can forget about this. And when we have needs, you know, we can forget that the one who provided yesterday, he will provide for today. And he will also provide for tomorrow because he's the one who provides for all our needs. Lots of children like this, when you go, it's heartbreaking to just look in their faces and see that they have very little hope, or some of them, they don't really have hope, because they will be with, without one or both parents. And so again, if someone goes there to help, they will feel blessed and encouraged. You know, just now when I saw that video with the shoeboxes, I want to thank you for what you are doing. I am part of the national team in Moldova who, who are, we are also receiving lots of shoeboxes from the Samaritan Purse. Recently, we had a conference that I was invited to say a few words to encourage the team who are, who are involved in this wonderful work. And the stories I heard there, you know, I'm just thrilled that you can only see a short video and you, you do this work. Yeah. You know, you are not there to actually see it. And yet, you are doing a wonderful work. Thank you. But I, I have heard so many stories of children, teenagers coming to Christ and their parents through the children coming to Christ. So thank you. You may think that a shoebox is a, you know, something not too much, but every little thing we do in the name of the Lord, God is using this with so much power. Um, as you can see in this picture, it, it's just lovely, you know, when you can offer something to the children, how much joy brings to them. What a great encouragement. Um, it's a picture that reminds us of the horrible war in Ukraine. It's still there. And the day that will stay forever in our mind and hearts, because it, it's still very emotional for me to speak about this, uh, because you can't put in words, you know, the, the, the feelings, the emotional pain we, we all faced as a church.
just being there, meeting with these people, uh, hearing so many stories, uh, seeing their faces full of fear, and it's just difficult to, to, to describe. But again, I want to thank God for how he used us and all of us to be a comfort for them. And in these times of terrible pain, sufferings, when some of them lost everything, to be the hope givers. The hope givers. And I, you'll understand in a few minutes why I'm saying this. Of course, our country had and still have big concerns about this war. I have politicians whom I know very well and they keep telling me, Slavic, if Ukraine stands, Moldova will also stand. Yeah. If Ukraine fails, Moldova will be taken very easily. So, we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow, but we know the one whom we are following and serving. So, with trust and faith in the Lord, but what we can do today is just giving help and being just the feet and hands of Jesus. Uh, this is a picture when, you know, lots of Ukrainians arrived at the border very near us where we live. Uh, when they arrived, uh, it was still cold outside, snowing. Uh, they arrived there, lots of mothers with children wanting to cross the border into Romania, but they were not allowed to, to cross by foot. So they will stay there for hours until someone will stop and take them. Now, can you imagine being a mother and watching your children being hungry and crying that they are cold and that they want food? Uh, I, I don't want who wants to be in that situation. Uh, when, when we went there, you know, you just feel, Lord, yes, we do pray, but I can't just go and put my head on the pillow and sleep. When you know that very near you there are these people suffering, I, I just can't. So we, we started to do, I, I, I just shared early with, with Graham and Liz, I said, we started to get involved doing things not realizing, fully realizing. And I'm glad that as Christians we are doing most of the things like this because we don't need to have great plans. It's the Holy Spirit moving us. So if he's moving us to do one step, God has already prepared uh, the, all the resources you need for the second step. Uh, too many times we are too much worried about, you know, making great plans and then we are, because of what we can see, we are too scared and just stop doing good things. And this was the situation when we got involved in this ministry. We put this little tent there and I know that probably many of you, you have heard the story, so I'm not going to tell all the details, but this tent was just a blessing there. You know, hundreds, hundreds of the Ukrainians, thousands of them, they stopped there, and our team, the volunteers, served 24 hours, uh, giving tea, giving some uh, refreshments, uh, talking to them. Uh, as you can see, that, that we have a bakery in Danku, and the bakery was so busy cooking bread and different pastries, just blessing these people. And it's been really amazing, yes. It was very hard emotional. I want to tell you, sometimes I went there to see how the team is doing. I couldn't stay for, for a long time because just seeing people and hearing their stories, I, I just said, God, I can't do anymore. I feel like I am totally 
it was really hard, but our encouragement was to see the difference we can make in, in their lives and be a, an encouragement and just offer them what we could do at, at that difficult time. He is at our community center when we saw the greater need, not just being there with the tent, because lots of Ukrainians, they wanted to find a shelter place in Moldova and stay there. And again, we were not prepared, you know, to have Ukrainians. Uh, we were not prepared to, with this accommodation for them, but I give God all the glory, how he has provided to buy everything, everything, so that we could make this place. Not long after that, we needed to actually make these bank beds. They were made in Danku, because we needed you know, to use the little space for more people. Uh, we didn't have much space uh, at that time when we needed heating, but we just used all the spaces uh, available to put people to sleep there. They were so grateful, and they were moved to tears. This man, Vladimir, he is for the first time ever, for the first time ever in his life, in an evangelical church. He came and with many tears he shared with us how blessed and encouraged he is to be here in Danku with his wife, his daughter and two grandchildren. He told us all the stories how he arrived there. But then the next day, what a great encouragement for us was when we had this conversation and we offered him a Bible and he had fear to touch the Bible, saying that I have studied in Russia Slavic and we were taught not to touch the Bible. The Bible is not for us. Uh, how wonderful. I mean, if you see this man today, he's totally changed, transformed. Who can do this? <laughs> it's only Jesus Christ through his power, his the Holy Spirit. Uh, when he started to read the word, you know, every day, every day he came with, uh, with his notebook, with many questions, uh, and this was so beautiful, wonderful. Uh, These this are the Russian Bibles that, you know, we had at our center, 300 Bibles, and I was trying to find a place where to give them uh, before the war started. Um, couldn't find any place, you know. People are not very much interested in Bibles uh, today. Do they? Maybe they are interested in many other things, but not enthusiastic about taking a Bible. But since the war started, uh, we ended up giving, giving not 300, but more than 1,000 Bibles. And I wish we had more available. Uh, I mean, I called everyone in Moldova. They said, we have given all because our brothers and sisters from Romania, they needed also Russian Bibles. And lots of them, they said, Slavic, our country needs God. We need God. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't say uh, all the stories, but, you know, just to, to share with you what God has done through all these times of hardships and challenges. Uh, this is also uh, a lady, Olga. When she arrived, the story how she arrived is too long to, to share with you, but uh, it's just, it was incredible. Uh, the, 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 all the difficulties uh, and the, the 
challenges she had to, to arrive in Danku. And again, what God has done in her life, it's just amazing. When she arrived there, uh, after a long journey, uh, having so much fear to go with the bus for Ukrainian, through the lots of uh, uh, bombs, and when the driver said, now you hold tightly your children because it's going to be quite scaring, and no one would like to go through experiences like this. When they arrived at our center, it was warm. Uh, they just lay down, and the next morning, she told me these words. Pastor Slavik, I spoke with my husband, and you know, it's been always in my life a desire to go to a church, and I just felt empty. I wanted to go and find something more about God. But my husband always told me, we don't need God. Don't go to any churches. And you know, Pastor, I told my husband where we are, who you are. I haven't told her anything yet, but the other refugees were there. They, they just shared with her. And she said, I told you, I told my husband where we are, who you are. And you know what he said? Pastor, he said, praise the Lord. We must thank God that you are at this safe place. And my father-in-law, Dimitri, is constantly in touch with her husband. And every day he says, Lavik, he's closer and closer to come to give his life to Christ. God is working in a, in a mighty way. He's so wonderful. Uh, this is the place where we had meals and the children. It's been just lovely to see. I mean, we, we tried every day to create lots of opportunities for the children to forget all those um, terrible moments they had. And it's, it's been just lovely. This is Ira. Uh, she's still in Danku. Uh, she's 19 years old. She's learning English. She's a lovely girl, lovely girl. She, she, uh, she doesn't want to go home. Well, I said she doesn't want uh, her mother, who is still there, uh, and her father and uh, a brother and two sisters. Her mother would like very much to come to Moldova as well, because she was born in Moldova. Uh, but because there are some difficulties with the husband who cannot leave the country, and her husband said, no way, I won't let you go, because I want to be here with my children. And her mother tells you every day, don't come home. The situation is so much worse. Just stay there where you are. So she doesn't see any hope to go back. She just prays that, you know, God will make a way and just provide for her. But she's such a lovely girl. Um, this is the day when they, our friends who stayed, three months in Danku, they have returned back. Not because they wanted, but you know, hard decisions to, to be made when you have the family left in Ukraine, when you have job and you are receiving messages or calls saying the place is safe enough now, you must come otherwise you lose your job. It's been really, really hard to make these decisions. It wasn't just taken, you know, they, it took days when they shared with us, we wept together, we prayed together, and at the end, because they have received so many messages, they decided to go back. And since Monday morning, uh, this week, you know, when, uh, when probably you saw in the news lots of bombing again in Ukraine, we have got messages from them that they want to come back. And I have the information that already lots of Ukrainians are returning back in, in Moldova. It's perhaps something that we need to really pray a lot. This is um, my visit in Ukraine uh, 
by the grace of God and his protection, I really thank him. I was there three times to, uh, to take lots of food. My first trip was to a hospital with uh, people who have mental problems, and it's just I was so overwhelmed to find you know, this place so, so poor, and the director who was in tears saying that since the war, you know, things are under the control and lots of poverty people suffering. So uh, I was just thanking God that he used us to go there. The life is moving on. We don't really know um, what, as I said, what the tomorrow will bring. Uh, the effects of this war are very much felt in our country. Like everywhere in the world, the prices incredi incredibly went up. Um, people cannot afford. If before there was problems, now you can imagine how much more difficult it will be. Like, for example, how can you imagine this poor lady, disabled, who doesn't have anybody in the village, no one to help. She actually has a son, but he is also disabled. And so she can only have food if someone is going to take your food. She can only have a glass of water if someone is going to give you a glass of water because the, she doesn't have tap water. The nearest well will be 200 uh, yards. Now, in this situation, there are many people in, in Moldova. So we continue to pray and believe that God will provide. We continue to pray for the peace in Ukraine. We continue to pray for the peace in Moldova. And despite all these big challenges, new challenges. We pray that the name of Jesus will be glorified. So uh, I want to thank you again for the big part of being in this ministry, saving lives and bringing hope. It's just amazing. God is using all of us that despite all these problems and difficulties, to bring hope to people who today are desperately without any hope. So thank you again, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with you. Um, greatly appreciate, lovely to see you all, and we'll be very happy to stay in touch with you, and please pray for us. We will continue also to pray for you. God bless you. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.